0: Artificial intelligence has grown into a formidable tool in recent years, with latest AI technologies like, yes, ChatGPT sparking both hope and fear. While we alternate between optimism and concern over smarter machinery, questions are being raised about the human aspect of using AI in our everyday lives and how it will further influence the ways in which we interact with one another. That's the focus of our Zoom In segment today. For some clues, we connect with Jeff Hancock, Professor of Communications at Stanford University. He's also the founding director of Stanford's Social Media Lab and the co-director of Cyber Policy Center. Thank you for joining us, Professor Hancock. Great to be with you. All right. So this is a live show and I make mistakes on a daily basis. I think it gives me a human touch. However, I also fear for my job. I mean, anyone can read the news and any machinery can do the news.
1: Yes, although your voice is really lovely. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. (laughs) Uh, You've actually been examining the impact of AI-mediated communication on interpersonal relationships. Uh, Would you mind explaining for our listeners a term itself? What is AI-mediated communication?
1: Yeah, sure. This is um, something that's obviously become hugely important right now, but it's when AI sits between us. So even right now, you and I are speaking over Zoom. And there's AI that's making, you know, my lighting look a little bit better, maybe my skin uh, a little bit nicer. So it's not when I'm talking to AI or using AI to do something else, but rather when AI is sitting between us and helping us manage our communication with
0: one another. Okay. So, I mean, to give some examples, I guess chatbot is an obvious example, but also an email, social media, AI can be used in a number of different ways, right? Can you give us more examples?
1: Right. When we were talking about, you know, can we get on the show at this time? Does that work? My Gmail would uh, suggest things like, sounds good. That works. Or sorry, I can't. (laughs) And that was early form, really early form of AI mediated communication. And, um, we were noticing them, and and actually asked Google. There was over six billion of those being sent a, a day. And so, what are these, uh, you know, machine-written messages doing to the way we talk to each other and what we think about each other? And and nobody knows. Uh, we've just started doing research on it.
0: Mm. Experts have conducted a wide range of experience using ChatGPT only in the months since it's unveiling because it looks revolutionary. I mean, it looks like the best thing we've had since smartphones. It seems to disrupt education setting, for example, maybe maybe how even we broadcast. It can change the world. But when it comes strictly to the impact on human communication, you assess that such technology could undermine interpersonal communication and relationships. How so?
1: Well, the thing I worry about is that um, when we judge each other, when we talk to each other, we're using uh, signals that we give off to say, does this person like me? Does, would this person be like somebody I'd like to date? Is this somebody that would be a good employee? Mm-hmm. We're trying to judge underlying characteristics of that person. And we, we've been doing that as humans forever. That's how we evolved. And we're talking hundreds of thousands of years. And now those signals instead are being given off by a machine on our behalf. Mm -hmm. And for me as an online dater, say that's great because who who likes writing those things? That's no fun. So I can use ChatGPT to craft something really good and funny and make me sound really competent if it's for a job. But for the employer in that case or for a dater, trying to decide if this is the right person Mm -hmm. becomes much more difficult because that signal wasn't actually given by the person but by a machine.
0: Uh, so you might get the job and then can you retain the job and does the employer right. w- want to keep you? Things like that. And I, I I do wonder when it comes to more complex concepts like trust and bias, does it also get in the way?
1: Yeah, well, the bi- question of bias is really uh, an interesting one. Um, there's a lot of, we know there's a lot of issues with the way the data were collected to create some biases in these systems. But what if I'm a, 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 a female here in the US that uh, uses ChatPT to sound like a man so that I get a higher salary? Mm. Um, well, on the one hand, that's good because it overcomes the bias she faced. Mm. On the other hand, that's bad because now we're getting everybody to sound like men. Like that doesn't seem like a good solution. So I think there's a lot of really important ethical questions about bias here that are complicated and, and, and we still need to work on.
0: Uh, You've recently led a large-scale study on thousands of participants to test the human ability to detect whether a given text was from a machine or a human. I I think defake technology is just not there. And so when you see a moving thing, it just looks a little bit off. There are glitches. So to the naked human eye, we can tell that something is a little bit off and it's probably generated as a machine. But when it comes to text, I think it gets a little bit more blurry. Can you give us the details on the study itself?
1: Yeah, you bet. So we looked at those three contexts I mentioned before. So there's online dating where we have bios about ourselves. There's LinkedIn where I'm talking about, you know, how I, who I am professionally. And then we also had uh, hosts for Airbnb. So you come and stay at my place. Mm. Really important decisions. Do I want to date this person? Do I want to hire this person? Do I want to stay at their house and they not, you know, like kill me or whatever? And so they're good decisions that are important. We make them all the time. And what we did is we had uh, ChatGPT write a whole bunch of those, and we had regular humans write uh, those. And then we asked other people to judge. And what we found was that uh, on all three of them, people performed a chance, 51%, basically. Mm. But what was really interesting, well, first of all, I should say, that's sort of astonishing, and some of your audience may know about the Turing test, which is the idea that once you can fool people, a machine is intelligent. Well, that Turing test idea, it is definitely over... Uh, the machine can come across as a human. More importantly, though, what we noticed is that we weren't, people weren't doing it randomly. They were sort of all doing it in the same way. That is, that there were heuristics or cues mm. that they were following. Mm. So, if the machine had written, or anybody, a, a person had written using pronouns or family terms or had spelling mistakes, people would judge that more likely to be human. Uh. Yeah. So, what that meant was there was a kind of systematic difference. So, to show the sort of vulnerabilities here, we trained another AI system that knows about the human uh, heuristics and got it to produce more of these bios, and we found is it was more human than human. That is, people would judge those more human than when a human actually wrote them. <laughs> also one of my favorite titles of a paper that I've written. <laughs>
0: I also want to elaborate on some of the risk factors. Uh, in your passing interviews, you mentioned that humans' inability to discern what's from an AI machine and what's not could eventually pose huge disruptions and risks of manipulation. Uh, what is your biggest concern?
1: Well, we've just been seeing some estimates here in the US that uh, with the emergence of these large language models like ChatGPT, that the uh, time at which there's as much machine written text on the internet as human will happen within two to three years. And so it's kind of shocking. Uh, You know, part of me wonders if it's true, but you think about exponential increases and and that's the worry I have is that our information ecosystem is about to be so radically changed. Our relationship with text Mm. is about to be really changed. Now, is that necessarily bad? I don't know. Does that seem shocking that the machines will write as much as we do within two years? It feels a bit scary, but I'm, a Canadian and an optimist, and so I think that humans we will be able to adapt.
0: <laughs> I am a Korean American, and, I am not an hey, and I'm not an <laughs> optimist, and not an optimist. Two to three years, it just feels like you know anxiety is kicking in again. Uh, but I mean, I suppose the fact that we're having these conversations and there are teams like you, uh, well, trying to figure out then what's the best way to regulate. Um, how should we approach these tough questions? That's an important next step. I remember there was a 2018 study conducted by MIT it was on Twitter and how fake news travels, and it was just really simple. Fake news traveled six times faster than the truthful news. We've actually made a lot of efforts to highlight on this show the importance of media literacy, cross-check sources and whatnot. But it seems that up against AI, even these efforts may fall short if they're able to generate as much text as we have in the last few decades in just two to three years' time. That's frightening. So I wonder. When and where and how do regulations need to come in? AI specialists, including yourself, are calling for speedy implementation of policies and regulations that would ensure a more safer coexistence. What kind of efforts are being made now? And what do you think needs to be done?
1: Well, definitely not enough is being done yet. There are some good organizations around um, deepfakes that have started to work in uh, large sort of partnerships. We haven't seen that around text-based things yet. Um, my own take is the same as yours. Long term, the only solution here is improved literacy, you know, and, and starting in in grade school uh, and on. And right now there's nothing. And I think we need to know how to develop AI literacy. And that's the only long term solution. In the short term, one idea we propose in our paper is the idea of an AI accent. Mm. So you know how, you know, somebody from London will sound different from somebody, say, from Canada or from a that's a North American, uh, American Korean. Mm. We all have accents, and they are noticeable, but they don't uh, overwhelm us, they don't prevent us from having, you know, able to talk to each other.
0: Mm.
1: So our idea is that AI could perhaps have its own accent, one that we develop that's technologically mandated, and so we can tell when it's being used and when it's not.
0: AI accent. That is fascinating. I have a cool idea. I think it's really cool. We'll have an attractive voice, we'll have a male voice or female voice (laughs) (laughs) that will be contended to death. (laughs) That, we'll leave that
1: up to the Hollywood producers that will probably be hired <laughs> to figure it out.
0: Since the introduction of ChatGPT, uh, several undergrad and grad school classrooms have embraced it, it seems, using it as a tool rather than something to keep out of the classrooms. There had been, I think, that initial fear of plagiarism, but academic yeah. circles even had acknowledged rather quickly that there is maybe benefit to its usage. This is just one example How will an AI-driven future shape our lives going forward beyond just classrooms? That was just one example that stuck out to me because I thought, obviously, that must be tough for professors to maybe come up with a new curriculum, the way they ask questions. And most importantly, going forward in an AI-driven future, how will this change the way we think, talk, communicate with one another, and understand each other?
1: Well, I'll first answer that last question real quick, which is when we do studies and we show people those smart replies, like, sounds good. I'll be there. um, It changes the way they respond compared to if they hadn't seen that. And it's shorter, it's simpler, and it's happier, more positive because Mm -hmm. the smart replies were always like, yeah, great. Sounds good. So yeah, it's changing us. It's going to change our language. And there's a lot of research that suggests the way we talk affects the way we think. So yeah, we're changing now. We we're also changed. We've changed since Shakespeare. We've changed since the Greeks, right? So change is okay, not necessarily bad. Um, so I think you know change is going to be underway. I forgot what your first question was. I'm sorry.
0: Little... <laughs> no problem. How will AI-driven future shape our lives going forward? Because it seems to be defining a different chapter.
1: Right. You know, it's going to come down to us. I think when these technologies come out, we really focus on them. But it, I loved your example of the classroom. I've talked to a lot of reporters and students about this. And I I love the idea of the classroom. There's a syllabus, the professor and the students decide on what is going to be acceptable and what is not. Mm -hmm. In my class, we is absolutely used, I use it to produce assignments where they have to correct something written by ChatGPT that requires deep knowledge. Mm -hmm. But each class develops its own expectations, its own little constitution. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, shows like this and, and what you're doing here is helping us decide what is going to be our relationship. So I put it with us, the people, we will decide. And I don't think there will be one right answer. Will there be lots of communities where some places it's welcomed and embraced, and others it's no, that's not okay here.
0: Mm. And it, should we be able to respect that? You know, I'm just looking forward to an AI voice. That sounds exciting.
1: <laughs> oh, it's happening. It's happening. Don't you worry. In fact, there's a new filter here, uh, uh, bold glamour for with TikTok that's really creating a lot of controversy because it's making people look so beautiful that it, it's so deceptive. Uh, and I think that'll happen with voices very soon too where, you know, we can have our voices sound the way we would like, you know, a beautiful voice to sound. So it's it's coming and yeah. then what happens Does that just make face-to-face communication like that much more valuable because that's the only time you really get to see someone else. And, I don't know.
0: And something more real. Uh, we'll wait and yeah. see.
1: And authentic, right?
0: Thank you very much for today's conversation.